the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is every bit of that. Good morning, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are rolling on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. It's Wednesday, the sixth morning of the tenth month of the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. We've got a lot of work today. We got uh, to do today. We've got a lot of important information to share and to opine upon and to strategize over. And I welcome your thoughts on it. Really, really great opportunities for you today. We have one guest coming up at ten thirty five this morning. We're going to get what is going to become a weekly visit from uh, former Trump economic advisor Steve Moore. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, Steve Moore is um, truly one of the best economic analysts and advisors, quite frankly, in in the in America today. Uh, and he's going to be a weekly guest as we talk everything about the economy. We'll talk about the potential, uh, you know, the risk of the potential inflation that is on its way. I probably should just bury the word potential. It's coming. The inflation that we have already seen is going to continue to worsen under the Biden administration economic policies. But we're going to talk about jobs. We're going to talk about um, the market. We're going to talk about uh, uh, everything that impacts us from a public policy standpoint as it pertains to business, as it pertains to the economy, and as it pertains to our own wallets. So Steve Moore. Trump economic advisor will be joining us at 1035 this morning, and that'll be a weekly event. So I'm very happy about that. But the first 90 minutes of the broadcast are open for you and me to discuss all of the news of the day and the important things that we have to do together. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers is just fine with me. We'll get you up and on the radio this morning. Now, before we get started, let's do what we always do. Let's begin with uh, pledging our allegiance to this wonderful democratic republic, this fantastic constitutional experiment, this tremendous force for good, the greatest that mankind has ever produced, no matter how many leftists try to tear it down. 
So, Patriots, please stand. Put your hand over your heart. If you have a flag, please face it. If you do not, that's okay. But recite it along with us. Liberals, Biden voters, go ahead and take the knee. We know you want no part of this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice for all, that of course is always the goal. Uh, the question is, is can we get justice in a nation that is increasingly becoming unjust, not because of the people, not because of the rank-and-file Americans, but because of the leadership that we have quote-unquote elected. And I'm just going to let that hang out there. We all know the reality of the situation. In some circumstances, people have not been elected. They have been appointed. They have been uh, thrust into power to uh, puppet their way through a term. But nonetheless, the leaders of this country are the ones calling into question uh, the justice for all. We're going to start by talking about one of the most important things I do every day, and that is the ability to speak freely in this country. It is under attack like it has never been under attack before, and we all need to understand that. I mean, since the First Amendment was written, it has never been under the attack that it is right now. Our founding fathers would be appalled at what is happening right now. Uh, in this country. Uh, our freedom to speak, our freedom to express ourselves, our freedom to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Not to mention, of course, to practice our religion and to peaceably assemble all of it, every element, all five elements of the First Amendment, religion, free speech, free press, peaceable assembly, and petitioning the government. All of them are being restricted right now, some in more direct ways than others. Right now we're going to talk about speech, and we're going to talk about the petitioning of the government for a redress of grievances. By the government, it doesn't mean you have to be standing outside the governor's door shouting and trying to be heard. That's not what this is about. The government can mean any government agency that that has sway over us as constituents or over our children or over you know some aspect of our lives, any government body if they are indeed abusing their power in the mind of the uh, the citizens, the constituents, we have the right to petition them uh, for a redress of our grievances. We have to be able to air our grievances. That's the free speech part of this. And this is going on right now, as you know, all across this country in school board meetings because the far left has overtaken academia. Now, that's not news. That's old, in fact. But the far left is running the schools. The far left teachers' unions are establishing curricula. The far left uh, 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 governing bodies uh, are pushing things like diversity, inclusion, and equity uh, into the schools. Uh, They're using critical race theory and, and mythical, fictional things like the 1619 Project as their guide. Social justice concerns uh, pervade over and they prevail over actual academic pursuits. Gender theory and the ignoring of biological science is pushed and forced and thrust upon teachers and students alike. And so parents have been going to school boards to do what? To petition the government for a redress of our grievances. Hear our grievances. You can't do this to our kids. And parents have been very vocal. Parents have been very loud. Some. Some parents have cried. Some parents have shouted. Some parents are demanding to be heard by individuals who essentially are ignoring them and not listening to them. 
So the far left figured we've got to find a way to stop this. Not only are they coming to our school board meetings and complaining and yelling about the stuff that we're doing, which, by the way, we are in many cases, they admit it. Some, they deny it. In some cases, they deny teaching critical race theory because they're not actually putting a lesson plan together that says critical race theory to be taught September 30th through October 20th or all year round in various methods and manners. Uh, they figure if they don't use the words critical race theory, they're not teaching it. But what they are teaching is all of the tenets that are contained within critical race theory. They are indeed using skin color as the basis of how they treat their students and the basis of how they study and what they teach. So uh, at any rate, the school boards don't want to hear the parents anymore. So the far left says, how do we stop this? Not only are they coming and yelling at us, they're also running against us. And guess what? On November 2nd, less than a month from now, I hope there is a massive sea change and a bunch of critical race theory and gender-bending agenda, uh, you know, what seekers i guess looking for the right word there um these individuals who are on school boards are going to be voted out and conservative minded and not that they want to preach conservatism by the way in the schools i don't want partisan um politics being taught in the schools by anybody so this isn't a matter of i want to replace liberal indoctrination theory with conservative indoctrination i just want education to happen i want literature and english and mathematics and science and history to be taught correctly and justly and without bias and without an intent to harm which is what what is being done in many other cases so these school board members or school board candidates rather are coming out they're being heard parents are getting a lot of attention right now so the left said we got to stop that how are we going to stop it well the answer came from the attorney general of the united states merrick garland who issued an order to the FBI instructing them to begin investigating parents who confront school board administrators over things like critical race theory and indoctrination material. Investigate them and treat them as if they were domestic terrorists. This is the language that they're using. Instructing them to investigate or initiate investigations of any parent who might be viewed as, quote, confrontational, intimidating, or harassing. Now, the problem is, and this is in the actual Attorney General's order from two days ago on October 4th. He said, in recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. The problem is, in no space in his letter to the FBI does he define what harassment looks like or intimidation looks like. A threat of violence would be much more, you know, much easier to, uh, to, to define and to provide an example of, but he doesn't even do that. Just says, if somebody is harassing, which means what? Disagreeing with a school board member or administrator or teacher. Disagreeing and voicing said disagreement. In the Constitution and in the Bill of Rights and in the First Amendment, Expressing disagreement is called free speech and petitioning the government for a redress of grievances. In the Justice Department of Joe Biden, run by Merrick Garland, expressing disagreement is harassment, and it's intimidating to the board members. 
many of whom you have seen, by the way, when they cannot answer the questions of very, very strong-willed parents who are concerned about their children, they get up and they leave and they adjourn the board meeting. That apparently would mean they were intimidated. In other words, what the left is trying to do is to scare parents away from school board meetings because if you go and if you're loud and if you're clear and if you're passionate and if you're direct in your expectations of those board members on behalf of your children, you might be paid a visit by a blue windbreaker. The FBI may show show up on your doorstep demanding to investigate you. What will they look into? I don't know. Will they look into your social media posts? Will they look into your bank accounts? Will they look into your connections? Will they look into your employment history? Will they look at your personnel file? What are they going to do to investigate parents who are harassing or intimidating in an undefined manner? Justice Department does not define either of those things. That means it gives the FBI wide latitude to do whatever they want to scare parents into not speaking anymore. This is the very definition. What, what the Justice Department and the Attorney General are doing to parents right now, this is the very definition of censorship and suppression. Direct challenges to the First Amendment of the United States. Yesterday, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco spoke uh, at a Senate committee hearing about this. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri wanted to make things very, very clear. Listen to the exchange, please. You know, all I can say is this is truly extraordinary. I think you know it is. It's unprecedented. You can't point to a single instance where anything like this has happened before. And I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned, that if they show up at a local school board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote, And you are attempting to intimidate them. You are attempting to silence them. You are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents and, yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong. This is dangerous. And I cannot believe that an attorney general of the United States is engaging in this kind of conduct. And, frankly, I can't believe that you are sitting here today defending it. I intend to get answers to these questions. You won't answer my questions. I'm going to get answers to these questions. Mr. Chairman, we need to have a hearing on this subject. We need to hear from the Attorney General himself. He needs to come here, take the oath, sit there, and answer questions. We have never seen anything like this before in our country's history. And frankly, I I want to say I think it is a dangerous, dangerous precedent. Every word, every syllable, every letter of those utterances from Senator Josh Hawley is spot on. We have never seen this kind of an attack on our speech and on our rights in the history of this country, in the history of this republic. And I want you to consider what speech we're talking about here. We're talking about speech intended to protect our children. This isn't about protecting our right to... Lord, I don't know. I, I want to do something radical here. You know, We're not talking about radicalism or extremism. We're talking about a right to make sure our children are being educated by the public schools that we pay, the public school teachers that we pay, and the public buildings that we, that we pay for, with the public educational system that our tax dollars go to. We want to make sure our children are being educated with academic information, not partisanship, not social, uh, um, social uh, agendas, 
social justice agendas, not D.I.E. That's right. Don't ever let anybody tell you that D.E.I. is what they are, are, are uh, pushing, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. It's D.I.E. It's diversity, inclusion, and equity. What's the difference? One spells die, which is exactly what is going to happen to children's ability to be educated in this country if we don't fight this. This has never happened before. Josh Hawley is exactly right. What are we going to do to protect our rights? What we're going to do to start is find out what the origin of this is. Come to find out that Merrick Garland isn't just a concerned attorney general trying to keep the peace at school board meetings. Attorney General Merrick Garland, it would appear, has something much, much more important to protect. What's that? His family. You didn't hear this yet, I promise you. You're going to want to hear it next on AM 1420, The Answer. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, it's 924. So you've heard the Merrick Garland story probably yesterday. The um, order kind of came down two days ago. The official memorandum written by the Attorney General of the United States and given to the FBI, ordering them to treat parents as potential domestic terrorists, as potential threats. Those who intimidate and harass school board members or other educational leaders um, are going to be investigated by the FBI. What does intimidate or harass mean? He doesn't define it. So why is he doing this? Why is he fighting to allow schools to continue indoctrinating kids with critical race theory, divisive and dangerous as it is, when this has no place in the academic world, no place in education of children? Well, the answer might be he's got a little bit of an interest in this, a family interest. According to a report um, filed yesterday, I read it on Conservative Treehouse, they cite the New York Times. So you know this isn't some conservative conspiracy. They cite the New York Times. Attorney General Merrick Garland's daughter is Rebecca Garland. In 2018, Rebecca Garland married Zan Tanner. Zan Tanner is the current co-founder of an education service company called Panorama Education. Panorama Education is the social learning resource material provider to school districts and teachers that teach critical race theory. You understand that? The Attorney General has ordered the FBI to investigate parents who might pose a financial threat to her daughter's husband's business. Now again, there are elements of this story that come from different sources, but many of them, particularly what Conservative Treehouse has has put forth, there are page page grabs or screen grabs, rather screenshots, whatever you want to call them, in which they show in exactly what was just you know alleged. Rebecca Garland and Zan Tanner were married. Zan Tanner is the co-founder of Panorama, and Panorama Education Services Link is the material provider of curriculum uh, sources that school districts and teachers are using to teach critical race theory. 
on the Panorama website. Panorama Education, which has built out a K-12 education software platform, has raised $60 million in a Series C round of funding led by General Atlantic. It goes into talking about who some of the investors are and so on and so forth. And among uh, the customers of Panorama's educational material, that they are providing, which include critical race theory and diversity, inclusion, and equity materials, are the New York City Department of, Department of Education, Clark County School District in Nevada, Dallas Independent School District in Texas, the Hawaii Department of Education, and among others. Districts, some of the largest in the country, are buying the materials from Merrick Garland's son-in-law in order to teach critical race theory in their schools in order to indoctrinate children, in order to make little white kids feel ashamed and little black kids to feel like victims, in order to make sure that they hate each other, that racial division will continue so that they can indeed tear this country apart from the inside out and rebuild it in a model that they choose, which, of course, is a Marxist model. This isn't, this isn't hard. We're not making giant leaps here. These aren't conspiratorial, uh, you know, uh, uh, suggestions. All of this stuff is very, very easy and the dots are very close together, so they're easy to connect. Bottom line, Merrick Garland saw that critical race theory is under attack in school districts all over this country. School districts are, in many cases, pledging not to use it, not to teach it. In some cases, they are, though. But Merrick Garland is not going to mess around. The Attorney General, the man in charge of the Justice Department, the top cop, if you will, in the United States of America, as the AG is often referred to, Merrick Garland is instructing the federal law enforcement branch, known as the FBI, to stop parents from attacking critical race theory. Probably in part because of his own ideology, but very likely in part because of the financial stake involved for his daughter and his son-in-law that runs the company that provides those materials. This all just broke yesterday. Most of the stuff just came out yesterday. I invite your response and reaction to it. 216-901-0945, And here's what I want you to do during the news. I want you to consider, if you are already a parent that has been actively uh, speaking out at school board meetings, and I know there are a lot of you, in Northeast Ohio that are doing exactly that. Will Merrick Garland's threat of the FBI investigating you if you are loud and passionate, which they would call harassing and intimidating, will it stop you from going to school boards to protect your children? Is Merrick Garland's attempt to dissuade you from going by threatening you with the FBI going to stop you or are you going anyway? Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Answer that question on the flip on AM 1420, The Answer. to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. 
I want to give you a little more of Josh Hawley in his exchange with Lisa Monaco, the Deputy Attorney General, yesterday in a Senate hearing. Let me just ask you this. Is parents waiting sometimes for hours to speak at a local school board meeting to express concerns about critical race theory or the masking of their students, particularly young children, is that in and of itself, is, is that harassment and intimidation? Is waiting to express one's view at a school meeting harassment and intimidation? As the Attorney General's memorandum made quite clear, spirited debate is welcome, is a hallmark of this country. Um, it's something we all should engage in. And no, I don't think so, Ms. Monica. With all due respect, it didn't make it quite clear. It doesn't define those terms, nor does it define harassment or intimidation. It talks about violence. I think we can agree that violence shouldn't be condoned or looked aside from in any way, swept under the rug at all. But harassment and intimidation... What do those terms mean in the context of a local school board meeting? I mean, this seems to, in the First Amendment context, we talk about the chill, the chill to speech. If this isn't a deliberate attempt to chill parents from showing up at school board meetings for their elected school boards, I don't know what is. I mean, I'm I'm not aware of anything like this in American history. We're talking about the FBI. You're using the FBI to intervene in school board meetings. That's extraordinary. Senator, I have to respectfully disagree. That is not what... Point me to an instance. The the Attorney General's memorandum um, made quite clear that... Um, violence is not appropriate. Spirited public debate on a whole range of issues is absolutely what this country is all about. Um, then why is it being investigated if, by the FBI? If, it is not. When and if um, any um, uh, situation turns to violence, then that is the appropriate role of law enforcement. See, this is what these people do. These people on the left, they literally will change the narrative and change the story in midstream. The memorandum put forth by the attorney general doesn't make it quite clear, because as Senator Hawley pointed out, it doesn't define intimidation or harassment. She says that it says, and it does, that spirited debate is welcome, and that's what this country is about. Who gets to define when spirited debate turns into harassment? When a parent tells the school board that they should all resign, is that harassment? When a parent tells the school board that they are child abusers for allowing pornographic material to be on the bookshelves at middle schools, is that harassment? When a parent says that you cannot and should not muzzle my child who is at a statistically insignificant risk of contracting or infecting others with COVID-19 and that you can't make them wear masks, is that intimidation or harassment? Or is that spirit of debate? Who gets to define it? Well, we know the answer to that. The board gets to define it. If they say, I felt harassed and I felt intimidated, here comes Merrick Garland's FBI to investigate those parents. And you know what that'll do to the next board meeting in that district? It'll make it empty. It will empty the room because nobody wants to have their personal affairs investigated by the FBI. They're using the Federal Department of Justice as a weapon against the people who are expressing their views as it pertains to the education of their children. It's 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 unconscionable. And she clearly, as you just heard, had no defense whatsoever except to fall back on the words in the memo and then to change the words in the memo 
and to say, no, it's really all just about violence. Well, it doesn't just say violence. Of course, no one would condone violence against board members. It says intimidating and harassing. Meanwhile, I would ask this question. What would you consider be to be more intimidating and harassing? Telling a board member that they disagree with their teaching of critical race theory or pornographic sexual education in the schools and telling them that they're going to have them replaced, that they're going to vote them out of office, being loud and, and, and concerned about that, or, I don't know, threatening to shoot them all. Which of those two things do you think would be more worthy of a visit from the FBI? I think most of us would agree that threatening to shoot people in public positions, particularly people in elected positions like school board members, I would think threatening to shoot them would probably warrant a visit from the FBI and probably a pretty hefty charge. Would you agree? Because Senator Rand Paul's wife, Kelly Paul, kind of thought that might be an interesting comparison as well. She tweeted yesterday the following. On May 28th, a Republican-hating woman called Rand's D.C. office, threatening to shoot you all to our staff member. This woman was never charged. Yet if you dare express indignation at a school board meeting about critical race theory or forced masks... The Biden DOJ and FBI says you're a criminal. Or at the very least, you are a target of a new investigation. I want you to ponder that for just a moment. A threat to shoot everyone in Rand Paul's office is ignored by the Justice Department. No charges are filed. No FBI windbreakers at the door of the caller. But if you go to a school board meeting and tell them you will not have your child be called a white supremacist because he happened to have been born with lighter skin than somebody else, and because that skin looks like the skin of people who used to do terrible things a couple of centuries ago, two and a half centuries ago to be precise, you go there and demand that they not teach critical race theory to divide your children from others, to make them feel shame to make them feel as if there's something wrong with them, that hatred and oppression is in their DNA. You demand that they not teach your kids that, the FBI's coming. You threaten to shoot a bunch of Republicans in an office, you're clear and, 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 and free to go. This is, this is quite astounding. And it should not go without saying or reminding you uh, what I told you at the top of the show. Merrick Garland has a financial stake in this as well. The Attorney General's daughter is married to the co-founder of Panorama Education, which is the provider of most of the most important materials regarding critical race theory being used in curricula across the country today. That's right. Merrick Garland just sicked the FBI on opponents of his son-in-law's business. Can you tell me how that would fly if President Trump had done something like that in defense of Jared Kushner's businesses. Tell me how that would fly. If he sicked the FBI on somebody that might be a threat to Jared Kushner's business interests, his son-in-law. Tell me how that would play. And compare it to how this is being covered with Merrick Garland. Let's go to Rocky River. Anne, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience. Go right ahead. Yes, good morning, Bob. Um, 
uh, it's a very chilling idea, isn't it? Uh, now, I am a Rocky River citizen and um, belong to a group called Rocky River Citizens for Transparency. And uh, since, oh gosh, last August, we have been uh, going to our school board and uh, speaking against critical race theory quite vehemently. Uh, we've always been in control, of course, and uh, very civilized in our presentations. We've also had Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter uh, people show up and, of course, want to counter our argument. Uh, but I, I wanted to just comment briefly on the Attorney General and the very interesting connection with his son-in-law owning a diversity training institution. That's what we call it. Um, here in Northeast Ohio, uh, we have the Diversity Center of Northeast Ohio. We refer to it as the DCNEO. And I'll say that again for the uh, listeners. I hope they go online and look them up. The Diversity Center of Northeast Ohio mm -hmm. is the provider in our area for all of the critical race theory curriculum. And, of course, you know, they come in under the guise of many other things. Uh, they'll, they'll talk about anti-bullying programs and team building. But when you do a, just a little research, you don't have to do quite a bit, uh, you'll find out that they are clearly teaching critical race theory thought. Um, but what I want to say also is this is a $10 billion industry. The diversity training institutions across our country, Panorama obviously being one of them, is very, very lucrative right now. They make big bucks, as does our diversity center. Uh, and again, go online. You can look at their uh, financial statement. I believe they're a nonprofit, but boy, do they have a very, very, um, uh, you know, their people, their donors are very generous. It's, it's a very well-to-do nonprofit. And the Diversity Center of Northeast Ohio is the source of this. I'm sure, Panor I'm sure that's what is uh, – I'm anxious to follow the story, but it will not shock me if that is not what is motivating the Attorney General. As my husband always says, follow the money. Follow the money. I, 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 think, I think it's likely it – yeah, I think it's likely a twofer here. Um, you know, I, I think there's his, his, um, his motivations are twofold. One is indeed what you just described, which is why I brought it up about, uh, Panorama. Uh, there is a financial incentive here. But I think the other is the ideological side. I do think he believes that critical race theory should be taught. I do think he believes in DIE. I think he really true does, uh, truly does want social justice to be at the forefront of American education. So I think it's probably, you know what? it's easy for me to defend my son-in-law's business here because I believe in what my son-in-law's business does. I think there's probably personal and financial motives going on. I agree with you 100%. Clearly, clearly, that's, that's the, probably the more motivating uh, uh, reason. And let me mention, one, once again, let me just draw the parallel. Um, the person in charge of the DCNEO here is Peggy Zone Fisher. This is all public record. Go to the website. Yeah. She's married to Lee Fisher. They're both very, very liberal Democrats. Of, of course, course this is part of their agenda. Uh, that, is, that is the driving force. And it's, uh, yeah, it's poisoning our kids. Uh, we're, we're hoping and praying we will continue to be received at the school board meetings thus far. I have to say we have not been uh, had any problems. I will say in the very beginning it was awkward. They were not what I say customer friendly. We would go there to give our uh, presentations. They limited us to two minutes. We did not have a microphone. We didn't have a podium. 
We had to stand there and sort of yell, you know, to the audience just to be heard. It was very, very awkward, and I will say they addressed that. That was in August, and they addressed this in the last couple of meetings. We're now in October, so it's a little more civilized to talk before the school board. But I have to say, it, it's, it's a very disturbing, to say the least, uh, idea that the FBI is going to be involved in this now. And I certainly hope and pray, and I do believe that the people in Rocky River are alert now. They are awake. We have a critical school board election coming up on November 2nd, and we've got to get people in there uh, that are not going to be afraid. This is the time to call for courage. I will still be speaking, and I know my, my uh, fellow citizens in Rocky River here that are absolutely livid about this agenda will continue to speak but I will, I will say we're, we're very disturbed by this sort of thing. Not surprised, but very disturbed that this is coming out of well, the White House I, now. I'm glad to hear that you predict that uh, the people of Rocky River will continue to go, because I think the goal here, as I said, is to dissuade uh, parents from going there because they don't want to have interactions with the FBI. They don't want to know if they're being recorded uh, sure. and somebody's going to turn it over to the FBI. They're going to turn their life inside out. They're going to threaten yeah. them, et cetera. Well, you're right. So I'm glad uh, you guys are going to stay strong. You're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even... I'll, I'll confess, before this call, I called a couple people and said, should I go on? <laughs> Can I try to get on to Bob France? Maybe yeah. they're going to take my name down. But, but So, yes, of course there's going to be that hesitancy now. That's, that's terrible. That is terrible. And you're right. If, if Trump would have thrown this out and done this during his administration... They would have started burning cities by now. It's it's terrible. It really is. And well, as I, I said, hope I'm you calling guys... for courage, but I, I'm sure people are going to think twice. I hope you guys, when you go to these board meetings, that you continue to do what you all, you've always done, and that is to be professional, and that is to not harass. Now, again, they can define harassment any way they want, and if you get passionate in any way whatsoever, they may call that harassment, and you may deal, you have to deal with that. But I hope you do continue, and moreover, I hope that you and the other people in Rocky River pay attention to the names of Corrigan, Rosser, and Barchi. I had all three, actually I had two of them on, Lori wasn't able to make it, on Monday, in which we talked about their run for the school board to, again, return Rocky River schools' direction to education uh, and academics rather than social justice and some of the things that we're talking about right now. So, Peter yes, Corrigan. Yes, we all tuned in, and thank you so much for having them on again. Yeah. Corrigan, Rouser, and Barchi, I appreciate that. We have to rouse our silent majority in Rocky River, Bob. There's a lot of people And around here. Northeast Ohio, not just uh, yes, in Rocky absolutely. River. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot I know of that's where you are, but... who are, who are uh, don't have kids in school anymore, let me just say, and they think, oh, everything's hunky-dory in the schools, and they have to wake up. We need to wake up our conservative base here. So I hope if they're listening, it's going to goad them to get out and vote. We have to have the votes. Thank you so much, Bob. We appreciate your efforts so much in helping us. Thank you, Ann. God bless. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, obviously we are talking about one. That's how it works. You talk about it one district at a time, right? I mean, we've talked to people about a lot of different districts that are dealing with this right now and school boards uh, that are challenging, uh, or excuse me, candidates for school board that are challenging existing uh, board members, sitting board members, and we'll continue to push them uh, all the way through November 2nd. Ohio value voters, by the way, let me throw this out real quick before I go to break. Ohio value voters. Uh, has a uh, has a slate out candidates for school boards, um, and you really need to take a look at it because it it lists the three that I just mentioned from Rocky River. It's got some you know Parma, it's got some uh, North Royalton, it's got some Soul, and it's got some names Chagrin Falls, Bay Village, and others where 
they have endorsed candidates for school board that are going to oppose critical race theory, oppose comprehensive uh, and pornographic sexual education, and social emotional learning. These things are all part of you know the problem. So if you can, check out the Ohio Value Voters website, Ohio Value Voters website, and uh, uh, make sure if you're in one of those school districts that you vote for the right candidates. We'll be right back. Okay, 956. Let's go to Charlie calling us from Westlake on AM 1420, The Answer. Charlie, thanks for hanging on. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, sir. I was just I just wanted to give our ex-president, our former president, uh, Donald Trump, credit. He's always a step ahead. He, you know, he was claiming that the mass media was the enemy of the people. He was right. Now he's saying woke is weakness. He's right. All, you know, this FBI thing on the school boards is going to be this big, wet blanket. Nobody wants their name on an FBI list. I wanted to visit a friend in prison once, and the judge said, don't visit. You'll be on a list. And I never visited him. That's the kind of thing that's going to happen. People just, we finally got people going to these school boards to, to do some protesting. And now the federal government coming down against us. I just think it's uh, horrible. Yeah, you know, that's the goal, is to scare people into not uh, going to, to, to speak or protest or make their voices heard or whatever for fear of being on a list. I agree with you. And I just, I can only hope that, uh, you know, the people have the intestinal fortitude to do what people who, you know, who, who sacrificed for this country did a couple of centuries ago. Again, two and a half centuries ago. I mean, literally, what we are talking about here, Charlie, and you know this, is having the guts to stand up to an oppressive, tyrannical government. And this is tyranny, period. For the FBI, for the Attorney General, the in charge of the Department of Justice, to weaponize the DOJ by sending the FBI after people expressing their First Amendment rights, that's tyranny. And it's up to the people to say, are we going to accept tyranny and stay home and not be put on, put on that list, like you talked about not visiting your friend? Um, you know, are they going to accept it? Or are they going to say, "I'm going to fight it. I'm going to go, go back there. I'm going to we risk to it. Fight. I'm going to I'm going to do I what a patriot to, does, and I'm going to advocate for my children." They they really vet those candidates. You've got to check out Ohio Valuers. They look at all those candidates. We got to have a school board slate that is pushing back against this here in Ohio. No question about it. The only problem is there aren't enough of them. You know, I'm looking at that. And thanks for the call, my friend. Uh, I'm looking at the. Um, little slate that they do have here uh and there's only three five seven nine eleven fourteen seventeen twenty three twenty there's twenty five names on it spread out over four eight ten uh ten different uh districts uh i'd like to learn of others i really would and i'm sure that ohio value voters is putting in the time and the effort and doing the legwork uh and and gathering the names but these are people who oppose critical race theory and are willing to run and uh on the promise that they will indeed return education to the classrooms rather than indoctrination so there's 25 names that i can tell you right now uh, i won't because it's just going to run together and it's not going to do much good for you but i will encourage you to go to the ohio value voters website ohiovaluevoters.org is the website. Take a look at it. Look at the 2020 voter guide and look at all of these um, uh, these school board candidates that they do endorse uh, because, again, they, they make sure to push for uh, people who are going to do, do right by our kids. 
All right, uh, quick time out. We'll take the news. We'll come back on the other side, and I've got more time for your calls. Before we get to Steve Moore, as we talk about the economy, the former Trump economic advisor is going to lay down the danger of the Biden spending agenda and the inflation that is sure to follow. Uh, that'll be at 1035. But your calls after the news, AM 1420, The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.